Rusan army rising. The church is the breeding grounds for raising godly men and women who are willing to apply kingdom principles and values to bring transformation to their respective societies. We need to have a national focus. We don't have to lose this ambition or else we work against the Great Commission. They are equipped in righteousness. Unless our righteousness exceeds those who just know ABC and surprise others to do, but they don't do. Unless we see that. We pray for God to raise right ministers in our nations. We pray for God to raise right task collectors. We pray for God to raise right security agents. They are bold and fearless. Standing your ground when the battle has been heated to such an extent that everyone is running away. But we don't quit. For we know no defeat. The agenda to possess the nations. Welcome to an equipping center of the word and prayer on Pentecost hour. Stay tuned in. It's Most worthy of all glory, honor, dominion, and power. Oh, hallelujah. Great is our God. Dearly beloved, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. The last time we met, we are looking at equipping the church as an army to possess the nation. And we said that we will be looking at mobilizing the squad for a glorious impact and we zeroed in in trying to get us to appreciate that the church is the army of God. So the first instance we look at the church as an army of God that amongst all the various metaphors or images that are given of the church, the one that talks about the church as an army is so crucial because it helps us to achieve the mission for which God called us. Hallelujah. This time, beloved, because we are an army and no one individual forms an army, the army, you have to get a lot of people together to be able to form an army. So I'll be sharing with you mobilizing the squads for a glorious impact. Mobilizing the squads. When we talk about mobilization, mobilization is a military term, usually meaning the action of a country or a government in rallying, preparing, and organizing troops or soldiers for active service. So when we say mobilization, we are looking at a case where a nation decides probably in the face of war or impending war to rally its citizens together and then to prepare them, to equip them, to train them and ready them for battle. That is what we call mobilization. And we are saying that as an army of God, the church also needs to mobilize the membership, mobilize people and rally them as an army called the church to do effective warfare for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. We want to quickly turn in our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 
11 through 13. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. And reading from the NIV. The NIV reads, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for the works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Hallelujah. The scripture we read, Paul writes and tells us about what the ascended Lord Jesus had done. We know that Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, walked on the face of this earth, did good, healed all manner of diseases. He was arrested unjustly crucified on the cross. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. On the third day, he rose again from the dead so that Jesus is the living Jesus and he has victory over life and death because he has gone through all and lives on. In him is life and life in his fullness. Hallelujah. And this Jesus, when he rose again from the dead, also ascended unto heaven. And the scripture says that when he ascended on heaven, into heaven, he took captivity. The captive that he took, he took the captives with him. And then when he got into heaven, he brought gifts of men to his church. Hallelujah. He gave gifts to men. And he made some to be apostles some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Putting them together, it means that the ascended Lord gave leadership to his church. Hallelujah. He gave ministries. He gave persons who are gifts to his church. And they, they have function is to bring leadership to the church. But this leadership has a role, has a purpose. It says that they are to equip the members. They are to equip the members. They should prepare the members in such a way that as an army, they can war and effectual warfare. That they can do battle and win the battle. Hallelujah. So the leadership role is that they equip the membership. And then the members role is to do the work of the ministry. So when they equip them, then they will do the work of the ministry. And then uh, next, they are to be raised so that they nurture the whole church to grow into the full stature of Christ. That there will not be any immature amongst the people of God. But we all grow into maturity, appreciating to the fullest extent who Jesus our Lord is. Hallelujah. But it brings to the fore the point of mobilizing. The leaders are to mobilize. They are to bring the members together. And they are to equip them. They are to equip them so that they are able 
to do the work of the ministry. When you go to an army, at least you appreciate some five steps that they will take an individual through to be able to get a soldier. The first stage that the army will take people through to become soldiers is enlistment or recruitment. The popular word we know is recruitment. The army will have to do recruitment to get nationals to join the army. They get a national to join the army. So the first stage is recruitment. When they have recruited an individual, the next thing they will do for you is training. You will be taken through training so that the civilian life will be shut off and you assume a military life. That's what the, the soldiers will be calling the civilians as idle civilians. Because they know that the thing that they have gone through, the civilians have no idea. But you go through training. After they have done, gone through training, before you, are, you pass out or you commission, you will be documented. You get full documentation done on you so that they know everything about you that is necessary for engagement in military life. So they will do documentation. They take the details of your life. Some things about your biological makeup, some about your family roots, so that if anything happens to you, they know where to find what details about you. After they have done the registration documentation for you, the next thing that is done for you is to integrate you. They assign you a unit. They assign you a unit so that you know where you will be operating. And sometimes they have body system, sometimes they have squads and so on. In the army, the smallest formation probably you can think of is the body system. That when you go to a training center, you are paired with somebody. The person you are sharing the tent with, if anything happens to you, the person should be able to answer on your behalf. But beyond the pairing, they put them together in groups of nine or ten. And it is called squad. The squad has to do with the smallest unit you can find. Where the people in it, the soldiers, are either nine or ten. If it is nine, it means that they have uh, four pairs making eight and then one leader. If they are ten, they have three pairs and making nine and then one leader because they believe in leadership. But the squad is made up of nine or ten members. And this squad can be assigned various roles and various things to do in the army. When you put the three squads together, then you'll be getting your platoon. If you put three platoons together with the attachment, you are getting your company. You put three companies together, you are getting your battalion with the other attachments to it. You put your battalions together, three of them, you are looking at a brigade and so on. So you see that it is well structured. They put the people together in small units so that if you see the army so large, it is it's not as though people are just inside and moving about and doing their own thing. Because they are small units and every unit has a leader, a commander overseeing the people there, there is order, there is discipline, and they are effective in doing whatever is committed to them. 
because they are organized. And the organization moves up, up, up into the various levels of the army. And then when you are integrated into your units like that, the next thing, probably the last stage you get is your deployment. They send you out to go and do soldiering. If they are at war, you perform a definite role towards the overall success of the mission that you are engaged in. So they put you together in small units. You roll on like snowballing onto a bigger unit and becomes the army. And because at the smallest level, you are knit together and you can be identified and assigned a role, everybody does effective work. And the effective work that everyone does culminates in the overall success of the army. Hallelujah. In the same vein, the church is called to be the army of God. If you are here and you know that as a member of the church of Jesus Christ, you are a soldier, say hallelujah. So the church is called as an army of God. And the army too, army of God, which is the church, must also have that kind of organization. And at every stage, there should be things that are happening so that the church can war effective and effectual warfare. So the first stage that the church also goes through is the recruitment. Is the recruitment. And for the church, the first stage, which is the recruitment, is the conversion of souls. People responding to the gospel of Jesus Christ. If somebody is born into the church, that individual does not automatically become a member of the church. If somebody is invited by a friend and he comes into the church, he doesn't become automatic member of the church. Because the church is fundamentally a spiritual body. The church is an organism. The church is a spiritual body. The church is the army of God. A spiritual army. And so before you join, you also must go through a recruitment process. When, I keep saying that when you are born in a garage, it doesn't make you a car. Cars have a way that they make them. And human beings have a way that they are born. In the same way, for anybody to become a part of this spiritual organism called the church, that individual must be born again. And Jesus says in John chapter 3, verse 3 following that, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. The church is consistent of, consists of people who will see the kingdom of God? People who belong to God. People who have the kingdom experience. And it begins with being born again. If you are born again, then you become a member of the church of Jesus Christ. If you are not born again, you are not a member of the church of Jesus Christ. Although you can belong to an organization. So beloved, if you are hearing me today, I'm saying that you must be born again. You must. Jesus says, you must. It means it's emphatic. It's non-negotiable. And so, if you are not born again, you will die eternal death. If you want to have eternal life, you must be born again. So it is like this. 
If you are born twice, you will live forever. If you are born once, you will die eternally. If the only birth experience you have had is what your mother gave to you, you will die eternal death. But if you had you were born by your parents and you responded to the gospel of Jesus Christ, if you respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ, you are born again. And that makes you a child of God. That makes you a member of the body of Christ, the army of God, called the church. And you will live forever. Hallelujah. Generally, you find that armies of the world, they want citizens to belong to the army. Because if you have your citizen in the army, you are assured of loyalty. If somebody's citizen is in your army, you can never tell. And in fact, they can be with you and play as though they are talking with you until the day comes when war breaks out between you and his, that individual's nation. Then you see that the loyalty will shift. And in the realms of the spirit, there are only two nations. There are only two kingdoms. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of the devil. The kingdom of light, the kingdom of darkness, the kingdom of righteousness, the kingdom of evil. Which kingdom do you belong? And in the, the kingdom that you belong to is the one in which can enlist you, which can recruit you. You must be born again. I'm saying you must be born again. And that is why the, the role of preaching the gospel, the responsibility of proclaiming the gospel to the world is foundational, is fundamental and it is at the, at the core of the mission of the church because one man does not form an army you need numbers and for us to get numbers we do so through the recruitment by the gospel preach the gospel in season and out of season because we are at war we need the numbers we need the souls of men who are under the bondage of the enemy to be translated into the kingdom of the son of God. Hallelujah. And so for us as church, we need to preach the gospel and we need to preach the whole gospel. It should not be some gospel. The person should not only hear that Jesus heals and come to Jesus who heals. The key thing is that every individual who comes to Jesus must appreciate him as savior. That Jesus died on Calvary's cross for our sins. The righteous for the unrighteous. That whilst we were yet sinners, the Holy Son of God died for our sins. That every individual must hear this truth that Jesus died for our sins and accept him as Savior. But the individual must not end at Jesus the Savior. Every individual must also appreciate Jesus as Lord. I'm saying they should know Jesus as Lord. So you acknowledge that he's your savior. He died for you. He has set you free. Then salvation comes to you. You must appreciate him as Lord. When you see Jesus as your Lord, that is where discipleship begins. Because salvation is free. But discipleship is expensive. You need to put your life on the line. And you can only do so if Jesus is your Lord. If you know that he is your commander and you are at his command, so whatever he says you must do, then you have not started yet. So church, may we proclaim the gospel that Jesus is the Savior. But let us forget that Jesus is the Lord. He's the Lord of our life. 
if Jesus is your Savior, and this same Jesus is your Lord, shout hallelujah. Now, when somebody believes Jesus as Lord and Savior, the scripture enjoins us, Romans 10 verse 9, that with the heart you believe unto righteousness. And then with your mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So we encourage that individual to respond to the gospel by publicly and openly acknowledging Jesus as Lord and Savior. When you do that, you have crossed over from death unto life. A great change happens to everyone who confesses Jesus as Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Hallelujah. The shall is the legal sense of shall. It means it's irrevocable. It stands short. If you confess Jesus as Lord, you'll be saved. So the first stage is that we proclaim the gospel. Individuals must respond to the gospel, acknowledging Jesus as their Savior and as their Lord. When they do that, we have to give them assurance of salvation there and then. When somebody comes and accepts Christ, the next thing is to sit that individual down, give that individual assurance of salvation so that he will get stability in the decision he has made. There will be an anchor to stabilize him as he begins that journey. When you are doing soldier recruitment, they will take you through various processes. They will check even your body. Sometimes, and as I said, soldier doesn't create human being, but soldier select human being. You look at you and say, this one is a wrong body. So they can't take. In the same way, the person who come to the church must have entered through the door. The door that says Jesus is Savior and Jesus is Lord. That one makes you a correct body. Otherwise, every other thing is a wrong body. Hallelujah. So when the person comes, we give that person assurance of salvation. The journey is beginning. Even at that instance, the person can receive the Holy Spirit baptism. So when he comes and we give assurance, let's pray for that individual. Because from that moment of believing in Jesus, the door to receive every grace of God is open. The person can receive Holy Spirit baptism. So new converts, let's pray for the Holy Spirit baptism for them. And then at that stage, stage Jesus says that when they believe in the gospel, we should baptize them. What we read in Roman, uh, Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28, verse 18 following to 20. Jesus says that we preach the gospel. When an individual believes, it should be baptized. So we do water baptism. We immerse that individual. Because the Greek word for baptism is baptizo. Baptizo means to immerse. We immerse you. The Old Testament, the Bible says that every Jew that went through the Red Sea, they went through it. They entered into it. They were baptized into Moses. For the New Testament, everyone who comes to faith in Jesus must be baptized. We put you in the water. You enter covered. You put on Christ wholly and fully. Hallelujah. So you baptize them in water. Then the journey begins. The next thing, as I said, the soldier recruitment from recruitment, then they take you to training. Every new convert after the water baptism must go through new convert class. Every assembly, every gathering congregation of believers must have a well-established 
new convert class. Every assembly must have a vibrant new convert class so that everyone who comes to faith must nest after water baptism, go to new convert class and be taught the foundations of faith. Like the soldier, they are taking the civilian life out of you. When you go to the military academy, when you are entering there, they put their sign there, say, abandon all hopes of normal life. All who enter hearing. When you read that in yourself, you know that you'll never be the same again. And it is the same thing. Not in the, in the ordeal that you go through in a military sense, but that you come through a change of life. You are justified. You are sanctified. You will become a new creature. The old life is gone. Everything has become new. Hallelujah. Everyone ought to go through new convert class. After the new convert class, then they come to the state of documentation. The church will have proper documentation on every member. Some basic information that allows us to fellowship with that person. When there's a, something happens to that individual, you can trace and find where the person is, the full name, where he stays, whether he's married or single or other, what work he does, and any other information that are relevant. We put all those things together. So that when you click, and this day technology has helped us, when you click on the computer, you should see your membership. If you, there's somebody you are looking for and you click, you should get the details and know how to relate with that individual. You ought to do registration and proper documentation of every member so that the member even appreciate that he belongs. If they are taking your details, it helps you to even know that now you belong. You belong to the body of Christ. You belong to the army of God. Hallelujah. After the documentation, we are coming to integration. The integration, as I said, the church is involved in two main operations. First, protection operations. We are doing church, which helps us in our worship, in our fellowship. We do things in church that is needed for the upkeep and for the growth of believers and for the equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry. The Ephesians chapter 4 we read says that the leadership is to equip the members for the work of ministry. So at this stage, where we are doing integration, we need to get the members to appreciate the various ministry roles that are available in the church. So that if you come to a typical assembly, you need people who clean the place. The chapel where the congregation will gather. Some people need to clean it. I call them the, the curators of the His Majesty's Sanctuary. They fix His Majesty's Sanctuary. They, are, they decorate the palace of God on earth. We need people who do ushering, make people feel welcome, and help open the church, make the church accessible to everyone who comes. We need people who do counseling in the church for various needs, including counseling of new converts. You need a gallant young man, the instrumentalist, who spice up their worship with, and make the songs more melodious beyond just the voices. We need instrumentalists. We need people who, who do the IT, technology guys, who ensure that 
whilst you are preaching, they will even put the sound bites together to help in people appreciate what is happening. People will recap the quotation for them and all. We need people who will do that. We need people who will do visitation. We need people who will do so many other things in church. Those things that pertain to the church, we must put them together. And then the individual, because he has accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord, is now in a position to serve his Lord. And so we give ministry opportunity for people to serve their master. So the individual indicates where he wants to belong. When the individual has indicated where he wants to belong, the next thing is that we will train that individual in that area so that he knows what it entails and how to do it and do it to the glory of God. After the training, then we put them into the squads. We put them into small, small, small groups. And I believe that every assembly in the church, every congregation must have, must be composed of squads. Squads. When we have put our membership into squads, groups of ten, groups of ten, they will ensure among themselves that every member is coming to church. So you don't have a lot of people to follow up and ensure they are in church. You have ten people in that group. So you have nine people to call on, invite, and make sure they are coming. So it is self-regulating. The squad of ten are ensuring that everybody is functioning, is active. If there's something on them, they will report to the appropriate person. But they ensure that they are in church. You can even assign them evangelistic roles so that the squad say that we have two squads in this area. This Saturday, the house to house is on you. Step out and do outreach for the Lord. Then the members get involved. And they identify themselves. When you have a squad, they feel the sense of belonging. This just a group of ten. And they know themselves. If something is happening to somebody, by all means, they will respond to that individual. So nobody is left as an island in the gathering of the people of God. Needs are met because they share fellowship. They encourage one another. If they need help beyond the squad, they will report it promptly and people receive attention. There are congregations where people can even stay in the church for maybe a year or two and leave the church and nobody knows that they have even left. There are members today who belong to two, three churches. They go here for prayers, they go here for prophecy, they come here for fellowship. But if there is a fellowship, there is a squad and they are ensuring that the, the bond of fellowship is strong. They are praying for each other, they are interceding, they know their needs and concerns of each other. You come to the place where you know that they are growing together and you can assign them roles. And I said that one part of the roles can be chapel-based. Another part can be outreach-based. But I want to say that for the purpose of our church and where we are rich in our stage of implementing the squad, let us just concentrate on chapel-based ministry. Get people into small, small units. You can even put up maybe... uh, 100 people up front if the congregation is a thousand and allow people to group with them. So you form your 10 groups, 10 groups, 10 groups, squads and they register into that squad and then they do ministry in the church. 
and they encourage one another. They share fellowship with one another. Hallelujah. Then you have had your squad. You have had your squad. When we come to the ministry, say women's fellowship, PEMEM, youth ministry, they can decide that they also put themselves together as squads. If the women's ministry is doing squad, it will not allow women who come to the women's fellowship alone to join. Every woman in the church is a woman. And that ministry is gender-based. It's women. So we share them. We share all the women into squad and ensure that they function in the ministry. Hallelujah. And then when we have grouped them, you see that now by way of the squad that you have formed, the small groups, they feel integrated. You have put them into the church proper. They have a sense of belonging. And then the last stage is deployment. Once they are part of the church, now you give them rules. So that the first thing is that each one of them will be monitoring others, encouraging them, calling on each other to come. So that in that small group of ten, there's no backslider. Everyone is active. In that small group, they have a role they play in the church. If it is instrument, they play. If it is cleaning, they do. If it is visitation, they do. They identify themselves with those things and they do them. It makes them fruitful. And then it will also mean that the leadership has performed its role of equipping the saints to do the work of ministry. Let us arise as leaders, equip the members, and see them deployed to do ministry. Church of God, people of God, let us arise in obedience to Lord Jesus our Lord and be so integrated into the church of God and deployed to do ministry. Find yourself active in the church of God. Jesus our Savior is coming soon. Rewards are what we are waiting. May you fight a good warfare. May you walk with the Lord such that you receive a good reward at his hand. Serve Jesus in such a way that when it comes to rewards and he gives you your reward, you will take it smiling. You will take it jubilating. You will take it excited. And not look at somebody else and say, ah, had I known. May God be gracious unto us. And I pray that Let's mobilize ourselves as squads. Find your place in the church of God. Find your place in the army of God. In the army, nobody stays idle. In the army, malingering is not allowed. Everybody is to play active part. You cannot remain, be in the army of God and just warm the pews and just play dormant. You are called to be active in the things of God. Awake that who sleepeth. Arise, for Christ will shine upon you. This is your season to do ministry. This is your season to do active and fruitful labor for our God and King. May God's presence be with you. And may his blessings accompany you as you avail yourself for equipping and for deployment to do ministry for Jesus our Lord. Amen. Subscribe to our social media handles for life-transforming messages.